0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes presented by hashtag basketball.com. I'm your host Mike Catron and joining me as always is my co-host Tyler Watts. It's been a while Tyler. How you been? Uh, I've been good Mike. How about yourself? Um, I've been enjoying this big question mark the, the rest of the the end of the season here. Tonight's the very last night of the season. The Bulls just clinched the playoffs and I I don't know how to feel about that considering they're terrible and they got the eight spot and they're going to get bounced in the first round, but they made the playoffs. So is that a moral victory being in no man's land better to be in the eighth spot instead of the ninth spot? I have no idea. Um,
1: yeah. I, I mean like when you're in that situation, I, I mean, obviously you want to make the playoffs as opposed to not, because it's not like the draft picks really going to matter that much. I mean, if there's somebody you really love that's still left at the, pick you can trade up and not really have to go up that much to trade up one or two spots um in that range and so i I think you definitely want to make the playoffs even if you get swept in the first round
0: yeah playoff experience uh, you'll start hearing that day in and day out for the next three days that playoff experience really does matter it's a completely different thing for a lot of players and a lot of players mature because of just being um kind of in the playoffs one time a lot of people were rooting for denver to kind of hit the playoffs to get uh Jokic, um, a little bit of playoff experience as he's uh, as he's improving. Um, I don't really think it matters a whole awful lot. A player's going to improve. A player's going to improve. Um, but players do learn stuff in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's a different, it's a whole different game. And
1: I think anyone who watches a lot of regular season basketball and then watches the playoffs notices that. Everything kind of ramps up. Guys actually start carrying on defense in the first quarter and not just the fourth quarter. Um, and so it's kind of a whole different game, I think. Are you excited for the playoffs? Oh, I'm always excited to watch some playoff basketball.
0: What, uh, what first-round series do you are you most excited about? Uh, um, Don't say I'm, anyone in the East.
1: I'm kind of excited for Utah and uh, the Clippers.
0: I think that's the biggest unknown. Um, I'm just, I'm more excited for Houston and OKC to just have at each other. That'll be fun. Uh,
1: yeah. That'll That'll be be most entertaining. There'll be be lots of uh, good stories coming out of that one, too, in the whole, like, MVP debate and all that, so. Who do you, uh, who do you got in your MVP? Uh, I I mean, I think it's gotta be Russell Westbrook. If you average a triple-double for the season, like, I I think you deserve it. Yeah, I know
0: we can, um look at the advanced stats and get really into the minutia. But I mean, also look at Russell Westbrook's advanced stats as well. They're pretty damn good. Uh, The guy averaged a triple double. It's legendary. Uh, The way he did it with the pace of the game today is I I get, he was hunting two rebounds a game. I don't care. The guy put that team on his back and put him in the playoffs when, in all honesty, I don't, I don't know if they should have made the playoffs this year.
1: I'm, I'm with you there. And just the energy he brings every night is just, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, he doesn't sit out le- games, LeBron. He doesn't sit out games. Calling you <laughs> out, LeBron. Oh, man. Let's, let's not get into that whole debate. All right. Let's focus on the matter at hand, which is it's the end of the season, what could we possibly be talking about? Uh, of course, next season. Uh, one of the uh, our, one of my favorite things to do is play in Keeper Leagues. And so if you have not played in a Keeper League before, you should. Uh, and we say this all the time, that it takes a dedicated group of people to start a Keeper League. Don't start it with random people on the internet because they usually flake out. Uh, know, your, know your league before you decide to move into a keeper league. But keeper leagues are the most fun, um, Just I, I think. I mean, if you play in a keeper league in football, you know that it's great. It's better than a redraft league. And half the fun is trying to figure out who's going to blow up, who, what rookies, second-year players are making the leap. And um, in this episode, I think we're going to focus on guys who were not in the um, a standard league value type of player or maybe borderline standard league type of player who you can target as like a late round keeper or uh, someone who would move into standard league value next year. So we're not doing the biggest leap yet. We'll save that for another podcast. Um, but we got a list of, a list of guys who are interesting down the, the second half or the last month of the season and um, kind of interesting going into next year. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's, um, let's get right into it. Um, Let's start with your favorite team, uh, the team that you write about all the time, the team that you adore the front office. It's the Sacramento Kings. Why, why are the Sacramento Kings interesting next year? Um,
1: well, I mean, I, I read a little bit about this just, just today. Um, they're going to have to revamp that whole roster kind of. They have uh, maybe like three or four or five pieces um, that they're going to keep. Darren Collison's a free agent, so, I mean, he's probably going to leave. Uh, Tyreek Evans is a free agent, so he's probably going to go. Uh, Rudy Gay has the option to opt out of his contract, which since he tore his Achilles, that's kind of up in the air. Um, but they're going to kind of remake this whole thing. I mean, they've got some young players that we're going to talk about here that are kind of interesting. And uh, I think most of the veterans are going to be gone, and they're going to be looking for a whole new crop of veterans to play around these young players.
0: Yeah, this – This could really go anywhere with the Kings. They decided to rebuild. They hit the button. They got rid of Boogie. They brought in the uh, fledgling superstar, Buddy Heald. And I don't, I mean, first off, we have to talk about the competency in Sacramento. There isn't any. It's worse than the Bulls organization. Um, They're rebuilding. How they will rebuild is anyone's guess, whether it will be poorly or really poorly. I'm not really sure, but there's still, you know, starters minutes to go around. Um someone's gonna play on that team, someone has to uh, someone has to play thirty some minutes a game in every position. So uh, looking at the Kings roster next year not knowing what they will do in free agency or the draft or anything like that, um, Who are the most interesting guys uh, who were, you know, kind of borderline standard league, but now next year probably due for a, a standard league value?
1: Um yeah, I mean they they got they got a couple interesting players here, um, and I think it's it's worth looking uh, first before we even get into the guys we want to talk about 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 Buddy Healed. I mean Buddy's not not going to be great defensively, but if you look at his numbers just for Sacramento, they were really really good, and he can be a really kind of efficient scorer. Um, so I mean that's that's kind of interesting in the sense uh, that if you're looking for kind of a late round talent in fantasy, I mean he definitely produced it this year for the Kings, and I don't see the Kings going away from him.
0: Yeah, they're all they're all in on Buddy Heald, um, and I don't see why he wouldn't start next year, play 30 minutes, and he was actually surprisingly um, decent fantasy wise uh, when you look at you know, what he accomplished after being traded to Sacramento. I um, I kind of I don't know if I see him as someone who's going to take a enormous leap, but I do see him as someone who has fantasy league uh, standard league relevancy. Um, I I think
1: that now not a lot of leagues play with this, but if you play in a league with three point percentage too, this guy could shoot forty percent from three point land, which is uh, obviously really really good. Um, the the defensive stats I just don't think are ever going to be there, and that's really what's going to hold him back.
0: Yeah, he's um he's almost averaging a, a steal a game in twenty seven minutes. That's not that great. Um, his assists are nowhere for a guard. His three-pointers need to be bump up to be in an elite level he's in the last two months he scored uh, about 2.3 three pointers a game I mean he's worth I think keeping an eye on but I'm not sure he's he's anything but a, a late round uh, a last round pick late round pick
1: and in a, in a deeper I mean like depending on how deep your keeper league is if it's like 14 16 team, 16 teams deep I think he's going to get enough points that he's going to be a, po- a net positive in the points category in those deeper leagues just because someone's got to shoot the ball,
0: man. That's true. Four- 14 points in, um and if I look at the last couple of weeks, you know, he's bumped about 30 minutes, 18 points in the last six games. Granted, the end of the year is not the greatest time to start taking stock on players since everyone is sitting. I believe the last tweet I saw, 65 players sat tonight, um, which is <laughs> going to be a- – it's gonna be an all-time high.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're gonna have two top ten picks too, so it'll be interesting to see what they, what they bring in. If they bring in guards, if they bring in forwards, if they bring in centers. I mean, you know, where they kind of go with it. Let's um,
0: talk. Let's talk about two guys that they've, um, who are young, who they've recently drafted, who they went to down the stretch here. Um, I, I, I'm kind of interested in in a, um, in a stats uh, fantasy basketball way. It's uh, to me Willie Kelly-Stein and Scale Uh, Both of those guys probably helped some people down the stretch this year. And I don't really see, other than, you know, barring a a major free agent signing, which in Sacramento is probably not going to happen, those guys are are poised to to start next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's – Something really interesting is kind of brewing here, and I want to let you talk about these guys a little bit before I give you kind of my take on something I could see happening from this crazy
0: front office. Okay. Well, I like both of these guys simply. I mean, any any keeper rating of evaluation starts with um, you know, age. You don't really have – I mean, you don't have to keep young guys over great guys. That's a huge mistake in keeper leagues. But um, Willie Colley-Stein had a pretty good uh, last month or so, uh, last couple weeks. He was really given the ability to um, play a lot of minutes. He's had a couple of games that are, have been shocking, where he's had uh, amazing rebounds, blocks. The consistency for him is not there, and it's going to take some time, but maybe that consistency comes next year in the, in the sense that they got nowhere else to go at center other than Willie Colley-Stein. Uh, his his major defect is his is his poor free throw percentage. He shot um, pretty poorly this year, but other than that, he's kind of like an old school center. Someone who gets uh, points, rebounds, can get a steal, can get a block, and we like steal block guys. Uh, those are that's kind of our um, our measure for anyone who's going to uh, venture into standard league relevancy. And Willie Calishain down the stretch it was standard league relevant.
1: Yeah, um, so um, Willie Cauley-Stein's the guy I kind of want to talk about because um, think back to the beginning of the season, Mike. I don't know how close you were following the Kings, but how much did Willie Cauley-Stein play?
0: I believe it was close to not at all.
1: And who played over him? Do you remember
0: that? Uh, Some guy named Boogie Cousins, I think. Or maybe was it the, Uh, the really, really terrible center? It uh, was mostly it was mostly
1: the white man, Kufis.
0: Oh God, I forgot he was in the league still.
1: Yeah, so let's not forget about that part, okay? Um, That's very true. In, and in the last, the they sat, well, they sat Costa the last seven games. They basically just cut his season with seven games to go. Um, before that, they were resting him pretty much every other game. Um, so that's where Kali Stein really kind of got the big minutes. The thing I don't like to look at, if you look at his season numbers on a bad Kings team, he actually played less minutes per game this season than he did as a rookie.
0: That's um, not a great sign. I mean, right away when you say shared minutes with Costakoufas, that's a bad sign. So
1: um, I guess I I'm I'm saying all this in, in as a way of saying. I don't really know how much Coach Yeager and the Sacramento Kings front office believe in this guy. Um, I'm with you that some of the fantasy stats in 30 minutes he produced were kind of interesting. But I'm really scared to keep this guy in the sense that I think they could, say, play Georges Papianis, a guy with a sweet name but not necessarily a good fantasy player, minutes over him. Um, I think they're going to try to give Scal some minutes and, and develop him. I think he's kind of a prototypical stretch four type guy. Um, the kind of the new, the new way the NBA is going and they could bring in another guy, you know, either that's a free agent or through the draft. And I could really see Willie Carly kind of getting pushed to the periphery here.
0: Uh, I think those are all pretty good points. Um, my, my, my rebuttal to that would be, they have nobody else. I mean, okay. uh Papa Giannis is, I'm going to call him Papa Giannis, uh, Giannis, Giannis, <laughs> And father, Papa Gianges. He, um, granted, he got some decent minutes down the stretch. Another guy who I, I'm not sure he has the, the type of talent to be in the NBA. Um, I think you're, you're on to something that Willie Stein is not a center of the future. But when you look at, if the Sacramento Kings are smart, which they aren't, um, having a center who loses you games is actually exactly what you want. Um, with nowhere else to go, if he plays plus 30 minutes a night, he does um enter a league relevancy. And that's uh, a lot of ifs.
1: I, I'm with you, that was a lot of ifs, and uh, they're, they're going to find someone to at least split the minutes with him. So if you're playing in a relatively standard 10 or 12 team league, he's going to be that valuable. I'm telling you they, they split the coast of minutes with Costa Kufas this year. Um, Costa Kufis is back next season at $8.3 million. I, I mean, I, they're going to give Costa minutes if he's on the team. Unless they trade Costa they're going to give him minutes. They're going to find someone else to split the minutes with, with Kali Stein, and he's not going to get 30. He's going to get 25, 26.
0: I think the verdict's in on Kali Stein that he is not a world beater. Um, so let's move on to the other interesting guy on this team, Scalabassier. Uh, another interesting young prospect, kind of a stretch for like you were saying, has the ability to hit threes. Um, is kind of a prototypical player that can fit in the future of the NBA. And another guy that they started going to, giving uh, thirty-plus minutes down the last couple weeks of the season. Do you um, do you see Scalabocchi making any strides, or is he uh, is he a bit raw still? Uh, he's still raw. He needs to grow into his body
1: a little bit. Um, I'm definitely a lot more interested in him. That Willie Stein, in the sense that I think that when he does pop, he he could be real good and he could be um, just an interesting player um, in the league in the sense that he's got a nice three-point stroke, it looks like. Um, He's just a little bit too small to be kind of a a power forward or even like a a stretch five. Um, But if he can grow into that body, I mean, you could see that – even for fantasy, he can be pretty interesting. I mean, 6.1 rebounds post all-star break in only 22 minutes a game, uh, 11 points, uh, half a block, 0.6 steals. I mean, he's got the makings of something kind of interesting here.
0: Yeah, those are, um, you know, per 36 minutes that you, you kind of like to see if you, if you translate it to per 36. Um, he's very young. He's very, like you said, very raw. And his ceiling is higher. And that's what makes him more interesting. Um, I still think... A guy like that is someone to watch instead of uh, go all in on. It depends on how deep your, your league is. But uh, like I said, he's pretty, he's pretty raw.
1: Okay, and it would be a
0: long-term investment, let's we're,
1: say. We're, uh, we'll couch it like this, okay? You're a – not not a championship-level team, but you're a contender for the title in your league. Uh, how many players do you have to keep in order to keep Scal? Or Willie Collie stein for that matter. So say your league – uh, it's a twelve-team league, and each guy, each team keeps five people. That's only sixty keepers. You're definitely probably not keeping either one of these guys. How now, many people need to be kept for you to to be in on either one of these two players?
0: Twelve-team league. I think you're approaching you're approaching eight. Once you get, I think they're are guys who can um, hover around the hundred range all next year, but have potential to pop into you know a top eighty player, top seventy player, not not a world beater neither one of them uh like we said is a little bit more interesting but i'd have to have at least eight keepers to to, to kind of approach those guys so they're not they're not the all-star keepers uh, right. out there right now
1: i think you're even a little more optimistic than me i was thinking probably like like 10 like that way i mean there's minimal if you're keeping like this guy's your 10th keeper there's minimal risk to that and there's some upside there i i mean i I guess my question is: Do you ever really see either player being like a top fifty player? I don't know that I do.
0: Um, I think there's potential in Scal, simply because of the the type of game he plays. Um, but that's going to take I'll a agree lot of work. that, but it's like,
1: Three, four years away. I mean, at least. Yeah. I'm thinking. Long time. And so,
0: they're not a they're not a Giannis hold on to. That's it's more like um, you know, somewhere in the Nico Miritich range. <laughs> Best case scenario is Nico Miritich. How about that? Which is not depending on who you talk to, not the greatest. I'll, I'll back you on that. Uh, let's go to the, a few more um, keepers that are probably are a little bit more higher in our keeper than the, Let's get out of Sacramento. I'm tired of being in Sacramento. Uh, let's go to two teams that were intertwined here. This um, guy came over to Portland on a trade from Denver, uh, Justin Nurich. He kind of came on pretty strong once he got out of the, uh, the shadow of Jokic in Denver, played – Aggressive minutes in Portland started, seems to be someone the team really enjoys playing with, and he's about to be in the playoffs. He's going to get a little bit of um, uh, limelight here in the next week or so. How do you how do you see Nurkic's value improving into next year? Um,
1: back in my daily fantasy basketball podcast days, uh, this was always one of Mark's favorite guys because... He always saw a lot of upside in the steals and blocks categories, which um, are the two most important categories in a lot of senses. Um, I really like this guy. I think he's just really skilled. Um, he's kind of a, a head case in the sense that I think the whole Jokic thing got – it affected his play a lot more than it should have. Like even when he got minutes in Denver, it was always like he was kind of specific and um, – I really like this guy going forward. I think he could easily be a top fifty player next year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think his his um, his ceiling is is top fifty. Um, he does. He's kind of a traditional big man as well, kind of like we were talking about Willie least Stein. But he does a lot. like he does everything much better, um, except for free throw percentage, surprisingly. So his free throw percentage still a detriment to you, like most traditional centers. But with more minutes. This guy, you know, is a is a points rebounds guy. Really good block guy. Gives you over probably over a steal a game in thirty plus minutes. Does not just disappear on assists. That's a, that's always a positive, especially on that Portland team. You want someone who can facilitate um, as a big man. You know, we had the uh, what was it was it Mason Plumley or Miles Plumley one of the Plumley boys. It was Mason. Mason, he uh, you know was averaging about five assists a game in Portland. And um, so there's potential to run stuff through him. I don't think he's uh, – I don't think Nurkic is as skilled you know, when it comes to passing as Plumlee is. But the potential is there. The playing time is there. You've seen flashes of not just average but above average play. And he'll just be 23 when next season starts,
1: which – Exactly. for I mean, growth there too, I think. I'm in a lot of areas. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in on this guy. So am I.
0: I would would take a flare on him. I think Um, if you're
1: you're keeping five keepers, I might keep this guy.
0: Yeah, he might be my last keeper, depending on what's going on in my league, but yeah. I mean, it's worth a shot. What do you got to lose? You drop him eventually? It depends on your penalty. So um, everyone's penalty is different. Auction leagues usually have a monetary value. Uh, Snake leagues usually have a draft spot that you have to give up for your keeper. and I mean, that varies for everybody, so play however you'd like, Uh, but a lot of the standard keeper penalties, I say uh, Nurkic is, is someone I'm willing to to lose a late-round pick for because he could be a mid-round value.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm definitely with you there.
0: Let's go over to Denver, um, where Nurkic came from, and take a look at someone we I think we both picked out. We've both been talking about Jamal Murray. Um, Jamal Murray has what, it, what looks like uh, – the ability to play in the NBA more than, I mean, more than just be a role player in the NBA. He looks like someone who could be a starter in the, in, in the NBA pretty soon. I mean, he actually started uh, a handful of games on the stretch. The problem is, is he's on a Denver team sitting behind a lot of other uh, players who kind of fit his mold. What do you, what do you see going on in Denver with Jamal Murray? And how, how uh, I guess, excited are you about his next season? Um, I'm, I'm really
1: excited guy's just just turned 20 years old in February. Um, Real good, real young. Um, I really like his game. I think he can kind of be a good scorer, Um, can do a little assisting. I think he starts next year. I think it's him and Gary Harris starting in the backcourt. They kind of make Jokic the point forward, Um, doing a lot of the ball handling, and I think he's kind of the secondary ball handler on the team. Um, I think they've given up on Moutier. He can't shoot. No. Um,
0: Um, And then this is Moutier's third year, right? Yes, I believe so. Um, He can't shoot after three years. And on top of that, so like, you know, Rondo was never a great shooter. Rubio was never a great shooter. Both of them contribute. Moutier doesn't contribute on top of the fact that he can't shoot. Um, So, go ahead.
1: I think this is another team, too, that's going to, change their roster a little bit in the sense that I think they're going to get rid of players, some players like Will Barton and go with a guy like Malik Beasley, who's a little younger there. Um, so you're going to see some turnover here on this roster, get rid of some of the old guys, and, and let some of these younger guys play some more minutes. Um, I'm not as high on him as I am on Newcastle for next season, but I think this guy could be a real good young talent um, in the future.
0: Yeah, I'd put him in kind of um, a watch status. If, you know, if I had five keepers, I don't know if I would. Keep him um, depending on how deep the league is. Maybe if it's a little bit deeper, fourteen-team league, um, I'd probably keep him in a in a top five keeper in a fourteen-team. But I, I see him kind of in the stereotype of uh, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, it's a bit of a shooter. Um, doesn't really give you um, a ton when it comes to. Um, I would say you know your assists your steals but Jamal Murray does contribute so i don't think Jamal Murray's going to kind of shoot the way Bradley Beal does hit as many threes as Bradley Beal does but he's going to do more of the the assist steal stuff that Bradley Beal kind of occasionally forgets to do
1: yeah i'm with you on that i um i i mean if i if there's 75 people kept in my league i think Jamal Murray's probably one of them for me
0: um also great free throw shooter A lot of people overlook that amazing free throw shooter. If he learns how to get to the line, you're bumping up his points like four or five a game.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's upside for that point to rise really quickly. Um, I think if he finds his his field goal percentage, you know, his field finds a shot a little bit, um, I think he can be a better three-point shooter than he showed this year. And then, like you said, if he can just find his way to the line, that points total can skyrocket to like 15, 16 pretty fast.
0: Yeah, and once you're, once you're in that range of scoring, you have some value. Um, it's whether you can put everything else together to, to make you Stanley league relevant. I, if he gets starters minutes, he's Stanley relevant for sure. So if you're giving up nothing to keep him, there's no reason not to. I'd like to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, NoHalftime.com. If you haven't heard about NoHalftime.com, it's a pretty cool mobile app for fantasy sports. Basically, NoHalftime allows you to create a player versus player challenge in most of the major sports, so NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the PGA, you can basically do anything. You could take uh, Raymond Felton versus Garrett Temple, and whoever ends up having the best night wins. It's a it's a pretty simple concept, but there's basically endless possibilities, endless uh, combinations you could actually come up. It's a um, different than other traditional fantasy services because your lineup really just consists of one player not a whole team where you're going against a ton of people a year you got one player versus one person if you like uh, betting on fantasy sports especially the nba go ahead and go to nohalftime.com right now and use the promo code boxes that is b-o-x-e-s to get started today let's let's venture all the way down to south beach um, a group of guys who almost made the playoffs, um, probably deserved to make the playoffs, un- unlike the Bulls. In uh, a group of really young talent that was like shows that Spo is actually a decent coach and had them play incredibly hard, there were some interesting guys who emerged, especially with the uh, injury to Winslow. And I think the, uh, the top guy that emerged out of that group was uh, Josh, Josh Richardson. You, I think you really like Josh Richardson, so um, have, have that explaining why you like Josh Richardson. Um, I, I got a question for you first. Would you keep Winslow? Mm, now, Winslow is kind of my, like, sleeper. If they give him the ball and make him the point guard, he becomes kind of this interesting uh, player who gets assists, and he's a forward, and there's a lot of, a lot he can do with that. It's it's kind of what they did with James Johnson instead. Uh, James Johnson has a lot more um, reps under him, so James Johnson handled that role pretty well. I don't think I'm keeping Winslow, simply because I don't know what he's bringing next year. I don't know how he fits in this team that played so well without him. Uh, um, I'm going to wait and see for him.
1: His stat line is very interesting um, from this year. There's eighteen. Yeah, it was only 18 games, but um, he shot 35% from the field. Uh, He's a a horrendous three-point shooter. For his career, he's shot 25%.
0: That's not Um, good.
1: His career free throw percentage is 66.5%.
0: That is also not good.
1: Um, But then if you look at the numbers from this year, now he played 35 minutes a game almost, which is a ton. Not going to play much more than that. Uh, 5.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 1.4 steals, 0.3 blocks, and 11 points a game. Um, so some interesting things there in the back half, but the percentages are horrendously bad.
0: Yeah, um, he's kind of, um, you know, kind of like the MKG mold type of player. Who, man, if he could just learn how to shoot, he'd be a great player. And some of those guys learn how to shoot, and most of those guys don't.
1: Um, a guy I'm gonna be off of in next year's drafts, I think, just because I think he always gets hyped. I don't know if it was like the Duke national championship or, or what the what the reason is, but he always gets a lot of hype, and I just I don't really see it.
0: Hey Gilchrist. What's that? You're talking about kid, uh, kid Gilchrist. I'm talking about Justice Winslow. Oh, Justice Winslow. Um, yes. I I think I'm on the same boat as you. I'm I think he has potential. I'm not like stop gonna stop paying attention to Justice Winslow, but I'm not drafting him. I don't see any reason to draft him. Right. He's a great. I think he's a great guy to throw in an auction league and be like, please for love of God, someone to bid on this idea. Um. And I think I,
1: I'm not sure about this. Wasn't he drafted to like be like a starter in a 12 team league this year? Like he was getting some buzz late in the preseason because everyone was saying he was going to get huge minutes. Well, um, that didn't work out well. Um, so yeah, Josh Richardson, um, his numbers this season also don't look spectacular. Um, but I think there's some potential here in the sense that, um, he's been kind of banged up and fighting through some injuries this year. Um, if you look at just this month of April, which, I mean, we we went over that it's not the greatest sample size to use. Um, He's really shown some some real good things, including 2.8 steals a game. Um, I think he can be an asset in steals. I think he can be uh, an asset in uh, three-pointers probably, and he can be a relative asset in points um, on this team. Uh, He's not going to be great for anything else, but he's a guy to keep an eye on. He's just 23 years old too, and I think he could – take another step forward if he can keep himself healthy, which is a big
0: if. Yeah, he's super young. He did um, have the occasional injury this year that kept him out uh, numerous games. Um, I think that he went on a huge winning streak without him, but he came back and also played well. Um, when I see anyone, just anyone in general, getting, approaching two steals a game, you're, you're instantly um, standardly relevant. Unless you're horrendous at everything else, and um, you know just or sorry not just as Josh Richardson isn't he he hits threes um, he could um, kind of make his game a little bit better with the rebounds and assists but the guy can also average over a blocking a game once you're hitting a we said a block and a steal is is automatically makes you stand League relevant when you're above that and then in steals well above that. I mean, you're you're talking about someone who does have, I think, a lot of hype behind him. Or when you look at when you look at stats, like so, someone that you're like, oh, fantasy wise, he's gonna have a lot of hype. I think he's gonna have a lot of hype going into next year as well, which means lock him down now for nothing if people aren't paying attention. But the way he finished the season, granted, he was playing like 34, 35, 36 minutes a game. I think he's going to he's going to be one of those people won't shut up about him uh, sleepers.
1: So do you, do you trade him as next season rolls around? Because um, I could see him losing some some of the minutes he got this year, just in the sense that Winslow will be back. Um, I think James Johnson will be back. Uh, Deion Waiters is around. Tyler Johnson is around. Um, they kind of got a lot of wingish guys there.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd entertain trading Josh Richardson. I think Josh Richardson is part of their starting five. Um, just because if you watch him play. He does pretty impressive things. He's, he's um, kind of re- reliable when he's, hitting, when he's hitting threes when a shot's falling. Um, he didn't shoot, I mean, terribly well this year. But when a shot's falling, they, they go to him. And, I, I mean, I don't know how you, you, you keep someone on the, the bench more who provides kind of a, a solid defensive prowess that Josh Richardson has.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, Especially on this team. Um, like I said, I, I've been a big fan of this guy for a couple of years now, um, ever since I watched him play in the summer league before last season. And I was like, you know, like summer league is, is we talked about this before. It's not the best judge of talent, but some guys just pop off the screen as like, this guy's so much better than everybody else out there. And he was kind of one of those guys, like this is an NBA player. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see where his career goes. And, and like you said, the blocks and steals are huge. And, and so, I mean, that makes him stand really
0: relevant. Yeah, Summer League is a great way to see – how I approach it is if someone pops off, they become someone who fits in my radar. If someone um, struggles, like, embarrassingly bad, they're off my radar. Everything in between, I don't care. It's not – it's really not that important. So when you see Bobby Portis going off, it's, oh, Bobby Portis is kind of interesting. What would he he do in, you know, 33 minutes? And against real NBA talent, eh, well, he's not going to light up the world. But – It was something to to kind of keep an eye on. And same with uh, Josh Richardson. Um, I want to go back to your question about whether I would trade him. If Josh Richardson is getting a ton of hype going into next year, he's kind of the sleeper du jour um, in all the the rag, in all the fantasy basketball rags. Um, I would move him for anyone who was a top 60 player last year. I'm with you. Um, I always think it's
1: good to move on those really hyped guys because – I think a lot of times it's a coin flip at best that they actually reach where they end up being drafted at the end of draft season.
0: Yeah, let's say he's starting to go in the 7th and 8th round. I think that's his, I mean, I think that's his ceiling unless, you know, unless he takes that leap and he gets tons of minutes and he averages close to two steals a game. Which would yeah, be very really impressive.
1: And it's worth mentioning, too, that he's only played 52 games both years, which, I mean, is is a chunk, but that's 30 games missed, which is a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, that's quite a bit something to actually um, take note of. Let's go to your other favorite team. Why do you like these terrible teams? Um, the Philadelphia 76ers. You can, I mean, I know this is your squad. You're set next year. Getting excited. The process has worked. You could end up with two first-round draft picks. I think you, I think you will. Um, that would be um, great.
1: Yeah, and, and it could be like one and four.
0: Yeah, that would be crazy. I'm guessing you're going to be like three and four or two and four or um, f- four and five. But who cares? In this draft, you've just drafted a, a you know, I, I'm going to say that's a dynasty level uh, youth. There's dynasty level youth in this draft. Joel Embiid, healthy, is dynasty level youth. There's also a ton of good other pieces in here. On this team. And I think you listed the entire roster as someone you're excited about next year. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go into Philadelphia, what you like there, what you see there for next year. Um, yeah, so,
1: um, Malawu was is a guy who, who's been kind of jumping in the last few games. Um, I'm not going to talk about him too much because I think he gets buried a little bit. Um, in the sense that I think they've got to draft a guard with one of the two picks at least. And I think they're going to get a guy who's a, a stud and they're going to have Ben Simmons back. Um, who's going to kind of be the point forward. And then they're going to play the other guy at the two guard, whether it's Monk or, or whoever it ends up being, you know, I mean, it's a little early to speculate on all that. till we even figure out what number pick they have. Um, I, I wrote an article, fast tag basketball about Bob Cove and, and his rise from the D league to a top 55 NBA player. Um, which you can check out. Um, I think he's kind of their sixth man next year. I'm really excited about Saric, um, but the guy I want to talk about right now is Rashawn Holmes. And okay. um, uh, first off, I want to I want to hear a little bit what you think about him before I, I give my probably more. I've probably seen more games than you have on the Sixers, so I I, I mean,
0: you definitely have.
1: So I think I can um, g- give my in more in depth take. How's that sound?
0: Sure. Um, I'll just go through uh, actually some of the guys you mentioned. When you said Luol Luau, I know he had a pretty good last stretch, but he, I agree that he's buried next year. I'm not really into him. Uh, everyone's up on Sarek. Uh, Saric is probably going to be higher in drafts than people like. Everybody knows about Kevin and Embiid. We talked about Embiid in a you know, podcast not too long ago. Everyone should go listen to that. Um, so, the interesting guys on this team are, are, are definitely guys that people wouldn't really know and I think Richard Holmes, or Rashawn Holmes? Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes. Oh, boy. Um, is kind of the – I don't know who – I don't know that name if I'm an average basketball fan. I'm not looking at him in the draft. I think he goes undrafted in quite a few drafts next year. To me, this all depends. I'm waiting to make any kind of a decision on him once I see them play in, in a preseason. So – I don't know how Simmons fits in the, into this squad. I don't know what they want to run, but Holmes has interesting fantasy basketball statistics. He's a, he's a guy who can average a steal and a block. He takes high percentage shots. He hits good free throws, and he shoots threes. He's not great in really anything, but he's there, and that, that does make him um, very interesting. I mean, I guess if you want to say he's great at something, I guess he's great at shooting percentage because he doesn't take a whole lot of shots. Um, he's very efficient with his uh, with his shooting that does help over time he's kind of a sneaky guy if you care about percentages i think he's standard league relevant next year for sure um, um yeah working, i don't know because he did this within one minute minutes i don't think he gets starters minutes actually though um yeah no but
1: um i'm gonna harken back to a conversation we had uh a couple weeks ago. Um, Joel Embiid's played how many games in his three seasons in the NBA, Mike?
0: For uh, for Holmes? No, Joel Embiid. How many games did uh, Joel Embiid uh, the thirty that he played this year? Ex- exactly. You, and, I mean, you are fully on the Embiid will never play more than a half a season bandwagon.
1: Um. Yes and no. Okay, i right. You can't take both. I'm rooting for it to happen so hard that he's healthy and he plays 80 games and he's the man, okay? Don't 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 mistake that. But I, my life is grounded in reality, okay? I've never seen you play half a season. I'm not going to even bank anywhere near 80 games in my projections for next year. I can't do it.
0: Right? I mean no, That's fair. I mean, people wouldn't even give AD 80, 80 games in any year. So giving a bead would be silly. Um, but to me, I think you have to be a bit optimistic. I don't think there was a ton of um, injury issues this year. I know he sat a bunch of games and he didn't play in back to backs and he didn't play. He only played every other game for a long time. Um, that's just smart taking. Uh, I, I think the risk is very, very high, and where he'll go next year, I think we talked about this in a previous pod, probably not worth the draft pick you will have to take him at, but if he plays 60 games next year, is he top 20? Oh, probably. Depending on how they play with Ben Simmons. I'm, I'm more interested in how Ben Simmons affects this team. Um, to me, that's the complete catalyst for all these players.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no doubt, and I think Ben Simmons is, is going to be good, but he's Kind of growing injury history, and in his one year in college, he missed some games with injury um, in a much shorter season. And now this year, he didn't play a one. Um, and so, I mean, I guess my point being, if I own Embiid, I and I there's a lot of keepers. Like I keep most of my roster. I keep eight players, ten players. I'm thinking about keeping Rashawn Holmes in the sense that he's my Embiid insurance. Um, The dude is a good three-point shooter. The dude is efficient despite taking three-pointers. He shoots a real good field goal percentage for a guy who shoots three-pointers. He's just shown some flashes of being able to get a steal, get a block and a half, get you 12 points, get you seven or eight rebounds if he gets the big minutes. Um, So if Embiid gets hurt, say, in the preseason – and then you're holding Rashawn Holmes, and you don't got to worry about trying to buy him in the draft at a, at a raised price. Um, ideally, you do that in a deeper league, I'm thinking. Um,
0: yeah, so I think it, when you talk about Holmes, it comes back to, what is everyone else going to, and this is for all keepers, what is everybody else going to pay for this guy? Is, any, is, is Holmes even going to be on anyone's radar next year? So if you throw a keeper spot at this guy, and you could have got him in the last round with your last pick, there was no point.
1: But, I mean, yes. But until Joel Embiid gets hurt during the preseason, and then your draft comes up, and you got to pick him, then because I
0: mean, I think, you, I think you make off pretty well there too. I think people still overlook that guy, and you can you know put him in the ninth round.
1: If you can do that, then then I don't think he's worth it. Um,
0: I, I think guess, you are too versed in 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 Holmes. Um, I think you're, you'd be surprised the uh, the general populace is giving a shit about Holmes at all. Um.
1: So. <laughs> um I think he's a better player right now than Jill Okafor. That might be controversial. Jill Okafor is a better offensive player, um, but there's defense to the game too, Mike. so um,
0: defense?
1: I'm looking at the center lineup to be Embiid and then Holmes, and I I think they try to shift Okafor again, and I think at some point they just take whatever they can get for him.
0: Well, they needed to do that earlier, so we'll see. There are Probably, like Sacramento and Denver, probably our top three th- teams to watch going into next year. Probably, I'll put Philly at number one in that list, see what they do, see how it looks, because there's potential there. There's a lot of high ceilings on that team. And it's and,
1: with, the, with the draft picks coming in, it's a deep team. Oh, yeah. I think if everyone's healthy. It's a deep squad. And so they're going to be really interesting next year.
0: It will, be, it will be interesting to see if they just shove their, their rookies right into the mix of it. They bring them in slowly. Uh, they've never really brought anyone in slowly, so... Um, unless they were severely injured all season, uh, which has been every single pick they've ever had, so hopefully, I wish no ill will on whoever the, the hopefully two players that Philly the curse of Sam Hinkie, man. Yeah, I hope I hope the Bulls hire Sam Hinkie very soon.
1: Nope, Kings are doing it, man. Kings are going to get back to the top.
0: Damn Kings, <laughs> uh, they need to do something. So uh, you have a few more guys on on your list. I'll let you uh, I'll let you go in whatever direction you you'd like. Um, okay, so I got a got a few guys
1: here I'm, I'm kind of interested in, um, kind of under the radar guys. So this is maybe a situation where you can keep anyone on your roster um, in, a, in a deep league and you're looking for kind of just some, some flyers. Um, the first one I'll mention is DeJounte Murray. Um, Patty Mills is going to be gone from the Spurs. Um, how much does Tony Parker have left?
0: I don't think that he has a whole lot left.
1: Um, so, I mean, me either. Uh, they, they took this kid, the 29th pick, uh, in last year's draft. He's only 20 years old. Um, he's shown some ability to kind of I – mean, he's a little bit – I mean, six foot 6'5 for point guard, which is pretty big. Um, he's kind of showed some sneaky abilities to score a little bit. Um, we all know the Spurs can develop a player. Um, so, if they're going to commit to giving this guy big minutes, I'm I'm pretty interested in him. Um, at this point, it's a total flyer, and he still might be a year or two away from getting the minutes required um, in, a, in a standard league. And, I, I mean, I, maybe he, he never turns into much, uh, but I, if I'm going to bet on an organization to develop a player, I'm going to bet on the Spurs.
0: Yeah, I'll give him the pop factor, just like uh, Patty Mills earned this year. Um, but that's about all I'll give him. I think um, you're, the hot take, hot take alert. Uh, Chris Paul signs with the Spurs, wins five championships.
1: Hot take? Oh no, no, that is interesting.
0: Why not? Um, what's what's? I mean, I guess money is stopping him, but he's got plenty of money. Why would they not? I mean, I think Chris Paul, you know, just like Steve Nash, will age well. His game is all about. He's like a, you know, I, I don't, I hate baseball uh, analogies because I'm not, I've been out of the baseball game for quite a few years, but. One of my favorite pitchers, uh, even though I hated the Cubs, was Greg Maddox. Because he would place the ball wherever he could do that until he was, you know, ancient. Chris Paul's game relies on his ability to switch directions, switch pace, trick people into thinking one thing or another, and finding open people. That doesn't, that ages very well. That ages very well. Um, and hey if he goes to the Spurs, oh yeah, Dynasty.
1: And it's, it's worth mentioning too that I mean he's just one of the great talents in the league um, and really underrated. I wrote a little bit about um, him and most people rag him for like oh he's never won a championship and all this. Um, yeah, he's also the he's played in six. In he's played in sixty nine playoff games though, and his numbers are much better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, which a lot of people don't realize. Um, a lot of it had to do with the talent around him more than. Than him himself, I
0: think that he's not won a championship. Yeah, game. a lot of people don't realize how great a shooter Chris Paul is. It's the same reason a lot of people didn't realize until late in Nash's career what a great shooter he was, because he wasn't jacking shots all day, every day. He was taking smart shots.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Um, a guy that I'm kind of interested in that's completely off the radar um, is Bojan Bogdanovich.
0: Um, oh, Bojan. I'm calling him Bojan. I don't care. Kind of correct me. I just.
1: The Kings need guards. They say he's going to come over next year. Um,
0: this he, is the other Bogdan.
1: Yes. This is the other Bogdanovich, the European version. Has not made his way to the NBA yet. Uh, the Kings sold his contract. The Kings won him. He says he's coming over. He could be a better buddy healed in the team that's going to need a ton of shots. Um, he's supposed to be a really good three-point shooter. Um, he can score a little bit. He's supposed to be a pretty good ball handler. Um, it's always hard to kind of value where these European players are going to go but if you're looking for a complete lottery ticket um, someone who could go to the Kings and get a ton of shots doesn't sound that bad
0: to me that's a that's a decent point that's a good good looking out on a guy that probably no one uh, a lot of people will draft the other and <laughs> poked on and be like what happened why well, I thought i got i thought I got the guy on the Wizards, and I got this other dude on the Kings. Oh no! And then they'll be like pleasantly surprised that he's really good. So his name is Bogdan. Oh Okay. So B O G B A N.
1: Um, I think they say they say Bogdan, but he, like if you just spelling it phonetically, it's Bogdan. Bogdanovic. She plays in the Turkish Super League for Fenabache, which is a cool name.
0: Ooh, that is a cool name. Um, those European, those Eastern, especially those Eastern European guys. Um, when they come over to the NBA are always play real, real tough. And that's why everybody likes kind of having those guys on your team. That's why they're interesting in the uh, in the Olympics and stuff like that. Um, do you have any other any other players uh, that kind of aren't standard league relevant, weren't standard league relevant this year, but could be standard league
1: relevant I too, so that, you,
0: that you're keeping I so
1: thought this was gonna be one of your men. Okay. This is a Mike special. Okay. It's Marquise Chris.
0: I like Marquise Chris. I'm uh, I'm keeping that one for myself. Everybody else can. Um, I'm gonna shut up about Marquise Chris.
1: Gonna turn twenty in July. Um, in 21 minutes, he averaged 0. 0.9 blocks and 0. 0.8 steals a game this year. So if he can up that number, that's looking pretty sexy to me. And he's a guy. He's a big man with a three-point shot, which I'd like to see. Um, I am yeah. keep. I'm definitely keeping this guy. Um, in in a a maybe not in a five-keeper situation, but in like a seven or eight-keeper situation, I think I'm keeping this guy. I've seen some things I really liked. I think he could easily take another step forward, and uh, he could be
0: real good. I think that's really fair. Um, He has shown flashes. Whenever you see a guy who's 19 years old, which is insane to be in the NBA at 19, um, drop anything over 20 points, get double-digit rebounds in a game, get five blocks in a game, Um, And then then in some cases do all of that in one game. Um, That's a guy to pay attention to. I don't see – I'd put Suns maybe even second place on our most interesting team to watch during the offseason, a segment that we will probably be revisiting often, especially during free agency um, and after the draft. And they went to this guy often. There's no reason to go away from this guy. I don't think there's any – Bobby Portis defensive holes in his game. He's, he's an interesting guy who will get plenty of playing time next year. Um, I would agree with your assessment. He's, he's definitely someone to watch, probably in a deeper league. I don't think I would put my top five keeper on him because I think he does have a long way to go, but um, I'd I put him in someone who is going to be Stanley really league relevant, Especially.
1: Yeah, and um, you said something that, that I really think we hit on with a lot of these players, is we've seen some flashes Okay, now it's it's a jump to take it from flashes to every night.
0: But if you're not right. showing flashes, you'll never but take it to every night.
1: That's the my point is don't bet on a guy that you've seen like oh well he's 19 but I've seen absolutely nothing from him. Yeah, I mean if you haven't seen it even in a glimpse, where, what, is he just going to find it? He's going to pick it up off the street? I don't. I mean, so you got to got to kind of pick your
0: horses. Um, he he might be a little bit of a, a Devin. Booker's syndrome, I know it's easy to make that um, kind of an allergy, simply because they're on the same team. But uh, Devin Booker also, you know, 19, what, last year? Um, or is he still 19? I think he was 19 probably at the beginning of the season. But came on, looked really great, did had flashes of greatness, you know, scoring in big numbers, doing really cool things, and everyone got super, super hyped for him this year. And he wasn't ready to take the leap. And so a lot of people overpaid for um, Devin Booker, and I I wonder, as more and more people pay attention to the Suns, if Marquise Chris falls into that same trap.
1: I I could see that. Um, I'm really interested to see kind of what happens with all these Suns next year, in the sense that, I I mean, other than Booker, I think a lot of them were, were very undervalued this year, and point game i think he's probably overvalued by the average person in next year's draft but
0: um they're going to shift brandon knight so that makes sense because Devin, you know scores 70 in a game you pay attention to that he's someone who comes across your nba twitter or he's chris comes across to your fantasy basketball twitter
1: right um but tj warren's been kind of interesting they're going to add another piece um brandon knight is a guy that uh, there's a lot of free agent point guards sacramento needs one i could see brandon knight signing with sacramento
0: I like Brandon. Knight. I think uh, he, he's another sneaky like fell off the the map. Pick is not even considered a person in the NBA, and will probably be standard league relevant if you play starters minutes for a crappy team next year.
1: Um, yeah, and they're going to shift them. So, I mean, I could see Sacramento giving something up for Brandon. Knight. He's not old. Um, they, no, if they, no. Um, and so um, those are the kind of guys you want to watch because we've seen it from Brandon Knight, right? Um and so. If he gets the minutes, we could see it again.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's regressing at such a young age. Uh, this, I think, this comes to opportunity. Granted, he barely played this year, but um, oh well. But, I, I think Phoenix didn't like him. He had a little bit of an injury, and he still can play basketball. And on the right team, he is definitely relevant. And okay, I mean, these are people. This is something
1: that some of us forget sometimes. Um, For his career, including this season, he has played 382 games and he started 320. This year, he played 54 and started five. So you can't tell me that that didn't have some sort of psychological effect on him, especially, I mean, you know how most of these guys are. They're super cocky. They're super confident. They're like, I'm the best player in the league.
0: Well, yeah, all these players are the best until they're at least 20 years old.
1: Right and then and then you're told oh you're going to play 20 minutes a night and you're going to be a backup and you got to defer to Devin Booker and Eric Bledsoe um I mean I think that has a mental effect on him and and so I'm not super looking at the things he did this season I'm looking yeah. at the few years before and going dude if this guy gets the minutes this is, a, this is a legit point guard and um I don't see any way he sticks on that team unless they're just like well we're not trading you
0: Screw you! Um, I don't know why they would do it. I think he's at least an asset to somebody.
1: Well, yeah, and, and wouldn't you be the team to quote unquote overpay and giving up a you know a little something and saying hey, you're not going to play this guy? Here's a little something for you. Here's a little something for us.
0: Yeah, um, like if you're the Chicago Bulls, you just give a give away a pick for a D League star. Imagine what kind of what kind of loot they would give to the Suns for a guy who could actually start and play basketball.
1: Um, and wouldn't you be in on Brandon Knight for the Bulls next year with Jimmy Butler and maybe Dwayne Wade?
0: Yeah, he's a bigger guard. Um, I'd like. I, I probably need to look at his uh, his ability to hit three pointers. Um, I think it's pretty solid. I, uh, career thirty five
1: point seven percent shooter.
0: On, not a great, not a great percent, but
1: um, not bad. That's uh, about league average. So I yeah. mean,
0: better than hate. everyone else on the damn team.
1: You can't get. I mean, you can't hit on that too much. Um, he had a year for Milwaukee. Uh, and in and half minutes a game, he shot forty percent. Um, He had a year for the Pistons, his rookie year, he shot 38%.
0: Well, if you're wide open and Jimmy Butler's taking up all the defense, that's a different story.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, the the this year for Phoenix drug it down somewhat. Um, He only shot 32.4%. Um, and he had a year for Milwaukee where he only shot 32. So he's kind of an up and down. But, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, the Bulls should want to have.
0: Yeah, they should have traded Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott for him.
1: No way, man! They got Cameron Payne. I figured Cameron Payne would make your list. Bull starting point guard. Cameron with- Payne is
0: trash, and he will not play. He won't start one. Well, he'll probably start one game next year because everybody'd be hurt. Will but- Cameron Payne be in the league at the end of his rookie contract? No. That's 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 damning right there. That's how. That's what I think about Cameron Payne. I think he's absolute trash. Um.
1: I'm with you there. Uh, from what I've seen so far, he has not done anything that has uh, inspired me.
0: No, zero. Marquise Chris, way better. Marquise Chris has inspired me at some point. Um, I think that's that's really all the guys we have for now. Um, do you have anything uh, that you said he's written some articles recently? Where can we uh, find your stuff? Um, you can find uh, my stuff on
1: Hashtag Basketball. I just wrote an article about Robert Covington. Um, I'm going to have a Lakers article coming this week and then uh, we're really ramping up the playoff content on Hashtag Basketball, so um, I think I will be writing about one of the playoff teams at least a little bit, and I, I think Mike might be as well.
0: Yeah, and, uh, I will be saying something about the Chicago Bulls playoffs for sure. Um,
1: and so uh, check that out. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of good content on the playoff series, and, and there's going to be a lot of good good things to enjoy with your playoff basketball, so that will totally be worth it.
0: Yeah, I think this will be a fun playoffs. I think it's a little bit more open than it usually is, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, we'll probably end up with the Cavs-Warriors rematch, but getting there will be a lot more interesting. Oh, no way, man. There's
1: going to be an upset this year. Mm, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm not,
0: Warrior, the Warriors are far too good.
1: Uh, I'm not thinking it's going to be the Warriors.
0: I kind of agree.
1: Um, I think the Warriors win the championship. I don't think Cleveland makes the final.
0: I think LeBron is good enough to beat anybody in the West, and I, it pains me to say that. Or anybody in the East, excuse me. I don't think you would beat, like, three teams in the West.
1: Uh, I'm with you in some sense, but, uh, man, that body. It's got a lot of minutes on it. It's its going to start slowing down here. It's and, got a lot uh, of miles. I think we could, see the, we could see the first cracks of it in this playoffs. So that's kind of – there's, there's my playoff slight preview. I won't ruin it all.
0: Perfect. Um, yep, you can find some of uh, our stuff on hashtag basketball.com. You can find me on Twitter at watchtheboxes, all one word. And you can find Tyler. Uh, I will do this one. Watsy, two Ts, and four fours. That doesn't That's help. Funny. That was a bad way of saying it. <laughs> Watsi, four 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 four. It's got two Ts and there's four fours. It's yes. not a, a better way of saying it, but it's hopefully people understand that. Um. And hit us up on Twitter, leave us feedback for the show. If you have specific things, you, uh, keeper questions you have that you want us to cover in the show, off season questions, we're going to be doing um, a show probably every once in a while during the off season, during the playoffs and off season, especially like we said at the big moments like the draft, uh, the lottery, the draft, and uh, the beginning of free agency, which are the f- most fun times. Uh, NBA is 24 7, 365. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Um, so, yeah, thanks for. Uh, joining me Tyler I appreciate it oh, as always Mike it was my pleasure cool and thank you out there for everybody who joined us all season I know a lot of you um probably are starting off from fantasy basketball because you baseball and it's you have to pour over spreadsheets like you're an accountant and not get paid for it um so enjoy your fantasy baseball season but uh we really thank you for uh supporting the show uh in any way you have if you tweeted at us or if you left us a review. On iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, we uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us all season, and be sure to join us during the off season. We'll have more content for you. Thanks, everybody.